As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Diving into a distressingly packed day of meaningful practice reports on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic. It is Friday, November 20th. We are getting ready for another great weekend ahead in the NFL. One game in the books. Cardinals and Seahawks got things started on Thursday night. We've got 13 games ahead of us. Michael Beller, Derek Van Riper here to talk you through it all on this Friday morning. Derek, how you doing? Doing really well. A little discouraged by the injury report as it uh, seemed to get quite a bit worse than expected on Thursday. So uh, hopefully it's uh, followed by some good news here as we get closer (laughs) to the weekend. Yeah, we got a pretty big day of practice reports ahead of us and it, it really seemed to snowball, right? We get practice reports generally come out somewhere around the what is it, like 2, 3 p.m. Eastern window? So usually somewhere in there, just like every single team that released one was like, oh, him too? Oh, him too? Oh, him too? Like, what the hell? What's going on here? And it just was not a fun afternoon if you want NFL players to be healthy and be out there. So let's dive in with Alvin Kamara. Missed another practice because of a foot injury that popped up out of nowhere, really, on a Wednesday. Uh, he says he's fine. He says he's going to play. They're just taking care of it. Alvin Kamara is not a guy who needs to practice to be ready to go on Sunday. But if he doesn't play, Latavius Murray, whether you are the Alvin Kamara manager or no, Latavius Murray is an auto start if Kamara is unable to go in this one. Definitely, and there's maybe a handful of shallow leagues out there where he'd be on the waiver wire, so in those eight-team leagues or ten-team leagues, scoop him up and play him if that's what happens. I was surprised, looking at his price from a DFS perspective, DraftKings has Latavius Murray at a season-high 5,900. Wow. Very unexpectedly. I I thought we'd see him in the high fours or low fives. I mean, he's at least $1,000 more than I would have expected but if you look at him compared to the Kalen Bellage, Gio Bernard, uh, Duke Johnson types, if Latavius Murray has that backfield to himself this week with that matchup, I like him better than all of those guys, even though he'd be a couple hundred dollars more expensive than all of them. 
I would be totally right there with you. But as someone who has Alvin Kamara on his two most important fantasy teams, I hope it is not something that we have to think about this Sunday. On the other side of that game, Calvin Ridley uh, was limited again in Thursday's practice because of the foot injury that cost him a game. Then he had the bye week uh, to work on. Uh, Hopefully all things are good there. Limited is good for him considering where he was. So if we can get at least another limited on Friday out of Calvin Ridley, should feel good about him going. Uh, The silver lining also on top of all this, this is a 1 p.m. Eastern start on Sunday. So you're not going to have to make any tough decisions on anyone in this game. You will know for sure if they are in or not when you are setting the bulk of your lineups. One guy who we could have to make a tough decision on, Derek, is Devontae Adams. No practice again on Thursday because of this ankle injury that we did actually know about. He was limping around a little bit last Sunday, but still no worse for wear for the most part. 66 yards and a touchdown in that game for the Packers. This one against Indianapolis is a late window start, 425 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Uh, how willing will you be to wait it out with Devontae Adams? How Who would you need to be have to be able to turn to if we don't know for sure and you have to wait till Green Bay's inactives come out on Sunday to know for sure if you've got Devontae available or not? Mm, that's, that's a great question because from a DFS perspective, we looked at it and said, hey, you could always pivot to Dalvin Cook in your flex spot because mm-hmm. they're comparable in price. In season long, that becomes a much more difficult situation. Uh, I'm thinking about you know, someone like Michael Pittman on the other side. In a season long league, if, if Pittman is on your bench, maybe he's a suitable replacement. You got someone at the same time, but how good of a player in the early window would you have to have? I mean, probably someone in the 15 to 20 range among receivers. Devontae Adams is so good that if it looks like he's on the good side of a game-time decision going into the early part of the slate, I think you have to take your chances, even if that means you're turning to Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Zach a clear-cut, yeah, like, clear yeah. like not great player, but somebody who at least gets some targets. I think when the payoff is as high as it is with Adams, all it comes down to is what do the signs say Sunday morning if we don't have any information before then, right? If it... If Matt Schneidman, who covers the Packers for the Athletic, is suggesting that he's on the the good side of a game-time decision, if we're hearing from Adam Schefter or Jay Glazer or any of those trusted sources who kind of project that information for the late afternoon games, then in that case, I would not play my earlier option. I would take my chances on Adams and be okay with knowing that if he doesn't go, I have to play a very fringy option from the late block or from Sunday night or from Monday night. I'm totally with you. I mean, I'm just looking at the schedule and looking at the possible guys on these teams you could pick up, and I would pretty much do it for any of them. I mean, uh, Jakeem Grant from Miami, sure, I'll pick him up and roll the dice on Devontae Adams. Uh, We mentioned Zach Paschal or Michael Pittman Jr. if you were lucky enough to get him. Michael Gallup maybe has been dropped in fantasy leagues. I'll pick up any of those guys uh, to start them. Maybe McCole Hardman sitting out there in your league Sunday night football. Anyone, basically. I want to roll the dice on Devontae Adams. We know how great he is. The wide receiver one in fantasy football. So willing to roll it out. Hopefully we don't have to, though hopefully we get some good news about Devontae Adams later today. Meanwhile, 
The Detroit Lions, this team is hurting offensively. Three of these we knew about. Matthew Stafford, limited in practice because of the thumb injury. Marvin Jones, also limited in practice because of his knee injury. Both those guys probably going to play. No thing for sure just yet. Kenny Galladay, after being limited on Wednesday, was back to a no practice on Thursday. So that is some bad news with him trying to make his way back from a hip injury that has cost him a couple of games. And then the big one, DeAndre Swift, we were super excited about this being big time, no doubt about it. DeAndre Swift week, we are all on board. And then suddenly we hear on Thursday, he's in concussion protocol. And if this is something that happened in Wednesday's practice or Thursday's practice, it is very unlikely that DeAndre Swift is going to be out there for the Lions against the Panthers. It's another early start. There's really no pivots here, but Detroit's uh, Friday practice report going to be very interesting for all four of these guys. Let's move on over to Cincinnati. They are also in that early window. They are in Washington taking on the football team. Joe Max, Joe Mixon, excuse me, once again, did not practice on Thursday, so get ready to fire up Giovanni Bernard. Joe Mixon just can't get past this foot injury. Then we had a new one on Thursday's practice report. T. Higgins, a non-COVID illness, had him out of practice on Thursday, and an illness on Thursday always is sort of like a concussion. Obviously not as serious, but... Late week illnesses have uh, a tendency to linger and keep players from being able to play. So T. Higgins would be a big loss for T. Higgins managers, would also be a big loss for Joe Burrow. And now you're looking at Joe Burrow going into this game, potentially without one of his top two receivers, without Joe Mixon behind him, against this pass rush with that bad offensive line in front of him. Some things are starting to stack up against Burrow, and I'm getting to a point where I would maybe try to look in another direction if I could. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at T. Higgins' game log for this season, and he's had at least five targets every time out, nine targets in back-to-back games, at least 10 fantasy points in full PPR formats in all but one game that he's played so far this year. So he has really emerged to be a much more steady option at the wide receiver position for us in the fantasy world, but also for Joe Burrow than I would have expected. I thought on that team with Boyd and with A.J. Green, Higgins might be the number three guy for most of the season who maybe in the second half overtook A.J. Green to be the two, but it's kind of a 1A, 1B situation almost with Boyd and Higgins at this point. Yeah, it really is, and A.J. AJ Green stuck in that third receiver spot. So this would be a big, big loss, and we've already talked about two teams that have really disrupted what Cincinnati wants to do offensively are two teams with good pass rushes that can make life hell for that bad offensive line. Pittsburgh just last week, Cincinnati or uh, Baltimore a couple of weeks ago. Washington is a team that is equipped to do that. So if you have that matchup and no T. Higgins, Joe Burrow starting to look dodgy for him in Week 11. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
All right, from one quarterback situation we are worried about to another, this one in Carolina. So something we talked about on Thursday's show, Teddy Bridgewater got in a limited practice on Wednesday. This said, was, said this was something we wanted to watch. He did get in another limited practice on Thursday, but per, per the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero, Bridgewater unlikely to start for the Panthers this week. And that means that XFL MVP, PJ Walker, likely going to get himself a start. Most likely, nothing official yet on even if Bridgewater is going to be out. And if he is out, Will Greer still could be in the mix here. But likely, PJ Walker gets the start for the Panthers this week. How much does that concern you for the skilled players? Is it enough where you are not starting Mike Davis or Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel? Or do you just lower the expectations for them? It might bump Samuel into bench status, but I think with Anderson and Moore, you're usually looking at so many targets with those guys that if you lower them from fringy wide receiver one and, and steady wide receiver two to two and three, they're still in your lineup in most cases. It's interesting looking at some of the projections for P.J. Walker. There seems to be a good bit of faith in him at least keeping this offense afloat, I think, as far as you know, Mike Davis goes because... The touches are so heavily consolidated on him. They don't really use a complimentary back with him when he's filling in for Christian McCaffrey. I think Davis is still pretty safe regardless of whether it's actually Walker or if it ends up being Greer. I think they're going to hand the ball off at least 15 times to Mike Davis with backup quarterbacks especially. We know they're trying to avoid mistakes. They're going to check it down. So I could see Davis getting to 20 touches pretty easily, and it's a good matchup. That Lions defense gives up a ton of points to opposing running backs. So I feel really good about Davis regardless what happens at quarterback. Slight downgrades for those top two receivers, but probably not enough to knock them out of my lineup in season-long formats. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm benching any of these guys. I think, uh, you know, even if Bridgewater is better for all of them, I think I'm still probably sticking the course. Uh, if I was going to start any of the four for me, Davis, Anderson, Moore, or Samuel, I'm still doing it. Maybe just don't feel quite as good about what they can do in this matchup with the Detroit Lions. Got uh, a few more injuries I want to run through here, and then one more story I want us to talk about at a little bit of length. So first, James Robinson limited again because of a shoulder injury. This is actually the first time, Derek, that he has been anything, been on injury reports at all this season. So kudos to James Robinson. Hopefully he's able to go. Friday's practice report give us a good look on that. Uh, in Denver, we've got Drew Locke splitting practice reps with Brett Rippon. Drew Locke is nursing a rib injury. Jerry, Judy, and Noah Fant were both limited in practice as well on Thursday and would not feel anywhere near as good about either of them if Brett Rippon is the starter, although just like we just discussed with Carolina, probably not bad enough to want to push Judy or Fant out of your lineups. Duke Johnson was limited at practice because of an illness. He was out of practice on Wednesday because of that same illness. So the limited is definitely an upgrade. Looks like he should get the start and the bulk of the work in Houston's backfield against the Patriots this week. One more story to hit on. It is another non-COVID illness that is forcing a player to miss practice. This one is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. No practice on Thursday, and this is the same thing with T. Higgins. This popped up on Thursday. No practice because of the illness. This one is a Sunday night football game, too, with the Chiefs. At the Raiders, we had already talked about his diminishing value, really not because of Le'Veon Bell, but because of the passing game here. Just a maximum of 12 opportunities, carries plus targets, since the team brought on Le'Veon Bell for Clyde Edwards-Alaire over the last three weeks. Now he has this illness. I don't think I'd be willing to wait this out. I still want to play him just because the volume should be there in some way. 
if he does indeed play, but I don't know if I'd be willing to wait this one out if I have to make a yes or no decision on him before Sunday night football arrives. Yeah, it doesn't help that the Monday night matchup doesn't offer a whole lot as far as running backs that you feel good about anyway, right? I mean, if you're dealing with the Bucks and the Rams, it's kind of Ronald Jones or bust on those two teams right now, given how much the Rams have chopped up their backfield over the course of the season. Uh, if you had one of the Kansas City backups, more likely than not, it'd be Le'Veon Bell. Like Maybe then you could wait, but most people don't have that ready option there. So I think... This really illustrates what we were saying earlier about Devontae Adams, where the ceiling for Devontae Adams is so high, and even the floor when he's out there at less than 100% is so good. You want to wait and see with him. With Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the usage just hasn't been there the way we want it to be. You can take that layup earlier. You can use a passing down back in an earlier game, and you know you, you feel okay about it because it just doesn't look like CEH is going to have that monstrous upside that many people were hoping for back when the season began. So, uh, I mean, we're talking like Naheem Hines, right? Like if oh, you had yeah. Naheem Hines going in the late window, you'd probably play him rather than roll the dice on Edwards Hilaire going into night game. Yeah, I definitely would. Anyone who had like RB low end RB two upside, I would probably play over CEH if it ends up being a game-time decision for CEH. And unlike Devontae Adams, it's not like we have a bevy of guys who we can just go pluck off the waiver wire, right? I mean, even if you don't feel great about those Rams back or those Bucks backs, they're already on teams. It's not like you can just go grab even Cam Akers, right? At least you can go grab Zach Paschal to fill in for Devontae Adams if he doesn't go. So all of that points us to needing some information on CEH. If he is a game-time decision, probably going to want to go in a different direction. One direction we are happy you went in was clicking on Fantasy Football in 15 and listening to it today, hopefully all week, hopefully all season. If you are not yet an Athletic subscriber, $1 a week is all you need to pay to get yourself a subscription. Theathletic.com slash football in 15 will get you that. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. It's going to wrap things up for this episode and this week. Until next week, have a great day. Thanks for listening and enjoy all of the Week 11 action.